You're listening to In The Bunker, a podcast that explores the biggest challenges in starting and running a business. My name is Joshua Maddox, and I'm an entrepreneur and business owner myself. I'm sitting down with business owners to talk about the challenges they face, the lessons they've learned, and how we can all grow from it. Welcome back to In The Bunker. Every business owner has faced challenges, and we love to share those stories. Today, we have Frank Schieber uh, in the bunker with us. Frank has been faced with the challenge of gaps in full-time employment and really the stigmatism that has been associated with those gaps. There's so much to talk about and unpack here as both an entrepreneur or someone who's employed. There's so many elements around this stigmatism. I'm super excited to jump in and chat with Frank. Welcome to the show, Frank. Thank you, Joshua. I appreciate it. So let's get to know you a little bit. Who are you? How'd you get here? What do you do? I've been in B2B marketing for more than 20 years now, uh, specifically B2B technology marketing for nearly 10 years. My current role is senior demand generation manager, which frankly, demand generation didn't even exist as a role until I would say probably the last seven years. That's probably sounds about right as, as account-based marketing was starting to become a, a buzzword and buzz phrase that was carried through companies like Terminus and others that were preaching the notion of being smarter about B2B marketing through better targeting. And I'm I'm the senior demand generation manager for a a company called Core Business Technologies. I just started that role just on just 10 days ago. And and I'm still learning the ropes there. It's uh, a FinTech company. So financial technology is the layperson, (laughs) but mainly payment processing and merchant services for uh, city and county governments and healthcare. That said, I've worked in a variety of different different technology firms, everything from GPS-based vehicle fleet tracking and management to information security, which includes government's governor, GRC, which is governance risk management and compliance solutions. Worked with uh, webinar and video collaboration technology. And, and I just like the, I just like the B2B technology world a lot. I just think it's very fascinating and I feel like, I feel like I'm getting better in trying these different little niches of technology, of marketing technology in, in terms of, or B2B technology rather, but in terms of marketing, I've always wanted to do demand gen and try different areas and always want to try FinTech and it's a nice, it's a nice adventure and we're going to see how it goes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny as you're talking through like some of the different roles you've had, a lot of it, a lot of those industries are, I would refer to as like behind the scenes stuff. Like the general consumer doesn't even realize like any of that stuff exists or happens or any of that type of stuff, like GPS fleet tracking. Yeah. Every Amazon truck and UPS truck is tracked, but you don't necessarily think about it until they can't find your package for three weeks. So obviously we're chatting about the stigmatism around just employment gap in that aspect. What does that look like for you? What, what did that look like from the employment you have had and those gaps? 
Sure. The as far as as far as the, the this employment gaps, I'll be candid. They are occasionally terrifying. <laughs> I, I prefer to work full time. I prefer to be productive, and I, I'm not a big fan of being productive and not making money, which is what often occurs in the employment uh, in, in an employment gap scenario. I think there may be a tendency for those that are employed to think of an employment gap as as something where while that person's just either taking vacations, doing road tripping, or, or, or just or sitting on their duff, just drinking a can of, of Coors Light and watching baseball games. And the reality is that can't be further from the truth. And the people that I have known who have gone through, gone through employment gaps, regardless of the length of time, they're actively looking for work. And that is, and they're, and they're more often than not, I won't say everybody, because I deal in probabilities, not absolutes. One of my things I love, one of my mantras I love to say is, is that most of the people that I've known who are seeking work are, are they're pursuing it like a full-time, full-time role unto itself. And it is challenging for sure, especially doing something like what I do. The role is there are a lot of roles out there, but you also have to kiss a lot of frogs. And, and, and likewise, they're going to think the same of you as well. It's just like dating. You, you may like a company and the company may like you initially, and then they may go with another candidate and vice versa. A company might like, like you, and you might be, you might just feel like you're not necessarily the right fit for the role due to cultural fit or, or where they're at as an organization that you think might be limiting towards your growth. Those sorts of things are very real. And so you have to be able to, so it takes time to be able to find that right to find, even if it's not going to be 100% fit, which there never really is. It takes time to find that one. That's going to be an 80 to 90% fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, as you're talking about like the aspect of what people think unemployment is like, all I picture is like some guy, it's the meme of what people think unemployment is. And you're like skipping through a field, like, yay, I'm on vacation. And what employment actually, unemployment actually is. It's like pulling your hair out and trying to figure out how are you affording lunch tomorrow? And yeah, I think that's a huge stress, both for people who are looking for a full-time job, but also entrepreneurs. Maybe it's someone who is a contractor and they're trying to figure out where their next renovation project is coming from, or there's so many different elements and not just full-time, you know, full-time employment, but I think also people who own their own business as well are facing that same issue. And the aspect of trying to understand that not every job that's posted is going to be a good fit. So many people don't realize that they're like, oh, I'll just apply for two or three and I'll get one of them. And so you should apply for 40 or 50 and find the ones that are a good fit. Find the one that is that job that you want to be there for the next five years, not something that you are going to regret in 90 days because then you're going to be back at square one and trying to figure this all out again. 
It's uh, and, and the other thing is too, and this is something that's just worth mentioning is, and this is just a cold hard reality is, as much as careerist as we want to be about our profet about our work, our profession, if you're really serious about being a serious professional in your career, and life can and will get in the way. We all have to eat, and and there's times when you may want to find a if you're having a tough time finding, finding a job, whether it's the, it, for whatever crazy reason, there's, there should be no, no harm, no foul. If you take a job at, at a supermarket or a fast food restaurant or whatever it may be, just to, just to pay the bills till you find that role that, that you want, that is, that is worth, that is worth finding. And conversely, it shouldn't be frowned upon if you are doing that sort of thing, because you, a, you're trying to make you're you're just trying to survive. You're trying to perhaps even not only for yourself, but also take care of others. It, it's a uh, work on work unto itself is its own reward in terms of being able to engage with others, to be able to gather some life experiences, to be able to gain new skills and apply them. Uh, wherever you go, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be held against you. I recently heard a couple folks on this marketing, technology, marketing, social uh, group that I, I belong to. And they're like, some of the best people we've ever hired were, were just, they were wait, they were waiters or they were bellhops and they were just looking to get there just to get a break in. And they got a break in there. They finally get the break and they crushed their jobs and coding or engineering or product marketing or whatever it is because they're 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 hungry they want to do the best job they can and they just need someone to give them a shot yeah yep absolutely i actually have a friend who's a business owner and has talked about giving a chance to people who work at a bar and so these are people who, if you want someone for like sales or even like project management, you get a one guy who's running a bar and he's keeping track of 30 or 40 different people, what drinks they're having, who's where, as people switch tables or spots at the bar to keep those tabs open and make sure that they all get closed out so it doesn't come out of his check at the end of the day. He's building relationships. That person who's working at the bar, they're building relationships with every customer who comes in, remembering who they are, all that type of stuff. Because that means some guy walks in, you remember the dude's name and what he likes to drink. That may mean double a tip. And that's not a bad thing. And so those are the types of things that those are so many soft skill elements that employers don't necessarily put down on a resume. But I think that are super beneficial to anybody who is hiring. And it's not a bad thing to, to utilize. Find those skills that the business needs to fill and find them maybe in a different industry and then cross-train. Absolutely. There's an old adage that's uh, be nice to the janitor because the janitor knows more about the business than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and granted, I don't get to deal with janitors in my current office right now, knowing because I'm working from home, <laughs> many people in, in my profession in 2022, I think the principle behind that still 
still serves well. Do not underestimate anybody for the role that they're currently playing because that person that you may be underestimating right now may be the person that that could be that a few years from now could be doing incredible things. Look at Tyler Perry, for goodness sakes. And the guy was sleeping in his car. And now, now he owns like a film studio in Georgia is hundreds of millions of dollars. You just never know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that lines up with the aspect of what we're talking about is that, you know, that gap in, in employment, like that gap might be the break might need and break as in stepping away from work it might be the ability for that person to clear their head have a sense of where am i going is that the career path you want whether it's to change career paths or change education paths or whatever that might be that gap is not necessarily always a bad thing and so i i, I happen to agree uh, and I had a gap between, in fact, it, it was my second serious gap of employment. And that was between, between April of, and I should say, I should clarify between full-time employment. I was doing some contract work between April of 2016 through June of 2019. I was able to find uh, a handful uh, of contract gigs with Arthritis Foundation, which was a fabulous role, Rent Path, a company that's no longer uh, in existence called Racemi. They got sold to DXC. The and then I had a couple other minor companies I helped out as well, startups. And but during that time, it, it was I, I hit it. I had a proverbial crossroads. I didn't know if there was any more road for me in the marketing profession time the the times were changing the dynamics was changing the technology was changing the demographic makeup of the profession was changing i wasn't too sure i was having a tough time finding a it was interviewing with companies i wanted to interview with and not landing the jobs i was really unsure about which way things were going so i made it a point to take a step back and go, okay, I th- think I'm going to, I'm going to just take a bit of a sabbatical and study something different. And I decided to study something that was going, that I felt knew was going to be, that was going to be a growing profession. And that if, if I entered that profession, that I could make some serious coin doing that. And if I didn't enter that profession, that it would augment what I already do very well. And so I started studying data analytics in June of 2017 and through August of 2017. And then I enjoyed that enough to be able to, because I wanted to get into data science and I was like going, okay, let's, let's make sure that we're not taking any shortcuts here. And I'm glad I took that approach and I passed the, the exam to get into the data science program at, at a digital education firm called General Assembly. And then September through December, I 40 out, I, I did their boot camp, 40 hours plus per week was really more like 50 to 60 hours of studying data science and not and doing nothing but for that period of time. And 
I did get a, a technology, I did get an instructor assistant job that spring, but afterwards I wasn't able to land a data science job. But during that time, I was able to land a couple of marketing contracts. And, and why I found that over time, I get so many people, particularly interviewers, particularly those in coworkers and that sort of thing. They see my data science and data analytics experience, and it's really paid off because I tend to be able to do some things that, and think in ways that many marketers tend not to think. And so that, especially doing demand generation, which again, that was, that didn't even exist a few years ago. And I wound up as a senior demand generation manager role at the, after my sabbatical ended, I'm doing it again now. And, and it's enabled me with some skills that many of my peers just, just don't have or, they, or, or ways they think about, or that they don't necessarily think about things. It, it's really given me that opportunity to be able to drill down thinking those and, and think on those terms. That's cool. Yeah. Really, it's so utilizing those gaps and those opportunities to step away, to reevaluate, reassess, reeducate, and then re-enter. And I think that's really where we look at, as we enter a new year, we look at what is your new year's resolution? How are you going to change? But oftentimes we don't necessarily look at the same thing from a career path and you know, I was mentioning before we hit record, we were talking about, you know, entrepreneurship and how oftentimes like entrepreneurs will start a business and they'll get, maybe it's just an idea and they haven't launched something yet. And then they decide to change directions before they launch or they do launch a business and it's been running for a year or two and they shift direction. And oftentimes people will look at it and they're like, why do you change? Why did you change that up? Why do you, because we learned new things. Like we learned that the market we were going after is wants to pay us $5 for a $50 product or whatever that might be. We found another underserved market. We had someone on the podcast recently who they found a market that they're like the closest business that does this is over a hundred miles away. There's no one in our area. And they're like, we've got a captive audience. Let's, you know, start a business that will do this in this city. And they have been running now for a few years and they've been doing really well. And it's understanding that market and where the skill sets needed. And I think looking at the skill set that you shifted towards and learned more about, it's a more, for lack of a better term, like a more desirable but and marketable skill set. And, you know, now some of your peers are looking to you of, Hey, you've got these skills and I don't like, how can I get that type thing? And I think right. that's, that's really where it's continuing to educate yourself, whether it's between jobs or educating yourself on the side. Well, that could be a part-time job is just continued education, especially in today's day and age of digital accessibility, online college classes on websites now for free. They're not credited, but it can be a free class that you take just to learn and continue education. Absolutely. And, and while I, at the job I'm at now, I, there's a, I have an opportunity to be able to do a little bit of continuing education, which I'm absolutely going to take advantage of for my own 
from my own professional, from my own marketing, professional marketing growth for get certified in some marketing automation, which is something I've wanted to do. But the, the, I'm just taking an hour. I put, I already, but I put it on the calendar today. I'm taking an hour each weekday just to be able to, just to be able to sit down and focus on that and do not and do nothing, but knowing that it's going to ultimately serve my, my employer very well and be able to do and be able to do more easier, quicker, better, harder, faster, stronger. And so I, I think that's really, I, I think that is a really, if you got any opportunity to be able to get educated, it, you should be able to do it. It's education is being educated is not a crime. That's, that's for certain. And I think that sometimes, I think, I really think that education gets in the, in, in the business world nowadays tends to get a little bit of, uh, a little bit of short stick, so to speak, ultimately skills and experience is what really counts, but you still need to get educated on those skill on those skills. It's a lot of times these businesses are just not going to do it for you. You've got to go and do it and, and they're not going to cater to you to do that. You've got to do it on your own and you got to get it. You got to get it any way you can. Yeah, for sure. So as we're wrapping up, what is your sort of key takeaway from all of this? Someone who is either a between jobs or maybe they're looking to start a business or they are trying to assess this. What is that key element that you would give as a piece of advice? It's a couple items. One, define yourself and how you yourself relate to that, to the industry and profession that you want to be in. That I think is critical. Making sure those keywords and key phrases and, and, and that data centric approach is in the, is in your resume, I think is a, a vital thing. I also think that, that really, really be really, uh, knowing who you knowing, really knowing what your role is and who you're going to be reporting to, who you're going to be reporting to and what the company is. I think that sort of thing really counts. I make it, I always make it a point that whenever I send a resume out, I have a, that a cover letter goes right with it. And it's always addressed to the person who, if I can't figure out exactly who that person is that I would be reporting to, that I've got who I think it would be, <laughs> if not somebody higher up. So that has served me, me well too. I, I think more than anything else though, and, and this is going to sound really corny, but, and it's so underrated by employers, by candidates, more than anything else is to get, to gather your professional references and recommendations, LinkedIn recommendations and professional references really in my mind matter more than anything else that you can possibly have on your resume. It is, it is, that is the verification as to how well you have actually performed in your career. It is, it, it, and make sure that those references are really good ones, not, Hey dad, can you write something for me? That ain't going to cut it. 
make sure that it's colleagues, make sure it's supervisors, make sure it's clients, the occasional vendor who you work closely with. Those sort of things, re or collaborator, those things really count. And that really, if that's more evidence than anything of the work that you've done and how well you've done it and how you've lifted the organization the org the organization or your department or your clients all that really really i think more than anything else make that happen my i make it a point that with my professional reference list is 12 people deep and it can go even deeper than that which is way more than any so any any recruiter or talent acquisition professional wants to contact <laughs> and that's the idea it is 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 to show that, and, and they're all legit and the professional recommendations, they're all legit. And it's, I'm like 39 or 40 deep now on LinkedIn. That's just, it's ridiculous. Is that wrong? Heck no. It's the one time where I think the quantity and quality really matter is in those recommendations. So I, I recommend, I, I recommend those particular items and by all means, also, you know, surround when, during the tough times when you're unemployed, surround yourself with family, friends, and loved ones. Your support system is everything and can, and can genuinely make the difference between life and death during, during those unemployment, during those employment gaps, those times of unemployment or whichever you call them. I think it's all equal. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like some of those. I, I know the aspect of knowing, man, knowing the company that you're applying to and just understanding what the heck they do or who the manager is, the roles. I can't tell you, just understanding what they do and what industry they're in. If you don't get that right, like they're not even taking a second glance at your resume. Right. It doesn't matter how good you are. You may be asking for right. the lowest salary and have the best education. But they won't care if you have no idea what the heck they do. That's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. References and recommendations. It's it's like getting reviews for restaurants. The same thing. I see reviews on products or restaurants and like great service. It's like for what? A dentist, a restaurant, the mechanic. Like <laughs> it's the quality of it. It's really key. It's good. It's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes those moments make the it's the, the, the it's in the details. Those little moments make the difference. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate having you on the show and appreciate your time. I know there's a bunch of nuggets that for me I got out of this, and hope the listeners will as well. In the show notes will be your bio and link to your website and uh, your LinkedIn and and everything else. If people do want to connect with you, what is that sort of best spot for them to reach out? Uh, best, the best way professionally is through LinkedIn. I am actually, a little fun fact here, Joshua, I'm actually one of the first million users of LinkedIn and, and have been a big believer in it for a long time now. It is definitely, is it perfect? No, but I tell you what, one heck of a power Rolodex. And it's, it is, if we're doing job search, it is absolutely fundamental. So I think I'm, I, that's the best way to reach me for sure. Awesome. Awesome. That will be, like I said, in the show notes. Uh, so for those who do want to connect with you, I uh, will be able to do. And again, 
appreciate having you on. Um, and tell them, and, and they should also mention that I interviewed with you. That way I know yeah. who you are. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mention the podcast if you want to connect with Frank and uh, awesome. Appreciate the time. Like I said, and uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Thanks again, Joshua. I, 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 uh, I appreciate it. I really enjoyed our conversation. It was great having you on. Like what? Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of In the Bunker. As always, we can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at In the Bunker Podcast. Be sure to share this episode and what you're going to apply from it and how that can affect your business. Make sure to tag us in that post so we can highlight your journey as well. But before you go, I have a quick personal ask. Each episode of In the Bunker takes a lot of work to put together from finding the guest, shooting, editing, all of that. And where I really could use your help is twofold. First, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or another podcast platform that can let you leave a five-star review or a text-based review, I would truly and greatly appreciate that. It really helps with the algorithm and allowing other listeners to find the show. The next thing that I really need help on is sharing this with friends, family, business owners, people that you think need to hear this content. I appreciate you listening to this episode and looking forward to next week. Take care.